and Lily. And you're listening to Just Gooly Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Gooly Things, the quarantine spooky story special. And you're listening to your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey, you guys. Hope all is well with you guys. Happy Friday, TGIF. Um, so I, I think this is episode 37. 37. 38. We're, we're getting up there, Lil. I mean, imagine if we reach 100, 100 days of a quarantine spooky story special. Oh, God. I hope imagine it doesn't come down to days that. of quarantine. No, I don't. I'm, I, I'm literally running out of things to do at this point. <laughs> running out of things to do. But... I don't know if I talked about this on the uh, the other day, but I'm learning how to rollerblade. So yeah. that, you know what, I'm trying to, like, learn new things and, like, try to, like, make the time inside worth it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I also am just super lazy, too. And I'm, like, I kind of also <laughs> just want to binge watch a Netflix special or something. So I'm like, I like get these spurts of like motivation. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then I'm also like, I kind of just don't want to do anything. I know. I'm like, it's that too. It's so bad. Or like you start doing in the middle, you're just suddenly tired. Yeah. 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 I think it's just being stuck inside all day. It really just wears you down. Doing nothing wears you down. It's a real thing. So, um, but oh, so this week guys, we are going to have a lot of, guest co-hosts on so be prepared for you know upcoming episodes with some special guests that are our boo things our listeners um we have some fun topics to be talking to you guys about and um for this episode lily um i just wanted to dedicate this episode to pep my cat (laughs) and um she passed away earlier this morning um she was i think she's like 17 years old and, um, you know, she was, you know, in 2016, she was diagnosed with, like, diabetes, kidney failure, you know, did not expect her to make it through the year. And it's 2020, and, you know, this past week, she was just a lot weaker than she usually is. She's very peppy, um, very loving, and, like, she's literally a little dog. So, you know, this week, she just wasn't acting herself, and I knew that it was probably going to be the last week with her. And so yesterday I went to my parents' house and I saw and I hugged her and I kissed her. And I just knew that, you know, tonight, like last night was going to be the night. And if she wasn't going to pass in her sleep, we were going to have to put her down today. And, um, fortunately she like passed away in her sleep in my mom's arms. And, um, you know, for a cat that gave so much love to my family over the years, you know, I hope, you know, I hope she understood how much we loved her and we're gonna miss her, and, um, I'm gonna cry, (laughs) and, um, you know, I know she's, I'm hoping that she stays around so we can talk about her on the show, like, under, like, ghouly experiences, you know, I want, I want her to be that haunted cat that, like, comes and, like, is always around me, so stay tuned for more Just Ghouly Things episodes, and maybe you'll hear some experiences of Pepper coming back from the dead and, like, (laughs) being around, um, but yeah, just wanted to get, dedicate this episode to her and, um, you know, it's a crazy time to lose anybody, especially cause it's like, you can't really go out and be with people and like, you know, get to take your mind off it as easy. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, doing this podcast, like I knew, like I, you know, I was up this morning and like, I haven't been, I haven't fallen asleep. Like I've been up since three thirty in the morning since this happened. And I'm like, yeah. I need to do the podcast because like. 
it's the only thing that really gets my mind off of just everything in the world in general and now this. So um, it's just a nice little outlet to, uh, you know. To definitely just, a good a good distraction, a good productive outlet. Definitely. So um, without, right. yeah. So without any further ado, Lily, you want to start with your first story? Sure. All right. This one is called Old French Mansion Experience. I came across this subreddit and saw some interesting stories. I have a story of my own that I am willing to tell. It's funny because I don't really consider myself someone who believes in ghosts, but I do tell people this, quote, ghost story I experience sometimes when people ask if anyone has had any weird things happen to them. Anyways, this happened. My family and another French family we know went on vacation when I must have been around 15-ish years old. I'm 30 now. We rented this old mansion in a French province. We had access to most of the house except for another part in which an older lady still lived, the mother of the people that were renting us the house. It started with, with the feeling that in every room I went in, I never wanted to be alone. I always felt like there was something there watching. It's a feeling I've never had after. I shared a room with the other two children that were there of the other families. I shared a bed with the older boy and his little sister was in a single bed next to us. I, I heard everything. I heard, I heard everyone, sorry, was sleeping because of their rhythmic breathing, but I couldn't get to sleep. Then I started to hear this ticking noise at the end of the bed, like really close. I got freaked out and woke up the boy sleeping next to me. The ticking noise stopped exactly in that moment. And he told me to stop tripping and go to sleep. The moment he fell asleep, the ticking began again. I was terrified and pulled the sheet over my head and went to sleep like that. The next day, we were supposed to leave and clean up the room, and there were two golf balls in the middle of the room, right at the end of the bed. I picked them up, and it was the distinct ticking sound that I heard all night. If you tap two golf balls together, they make a very distinct sound. Apparently, the boy from the other family had taken them from the golf course the day before, but they were in his pocket when he went to sleep. Well, not anymore. They were now in the middle of the room. Ah. I was oh. very happy to leave because this place was scary as hell, but I asked the mother of the French family with us to ask about the ghosts in the house to the renters who had returned the pickup key, who had returned to pick up the key. So she laughingly asked about it. All of our parents were not taking us seriously, and the renters responded very seriously. Oh, we definitely have ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> they explained how their collection of mini liquor bottles, which were sorted from small to big, would be hustled all around when they come down in the morning, or footsteps rushing up and down the stairs during the night while nobody was up. Another scary one was when a, a glass cabinet had a glass shelf that was it, put exactly on top of the glasses on the shelf under it, even though they ran down because they heard everything shatter. Nothing was broken. Some other things happened while we were not at the house that which seemed noteworthy our car just randomly stopped working on a certain um place between a cornfield on the way during on the way back during a day trip then on the way back it stopped working again randomly at the exact same spot oh, okay so to and from got it uh all the electricity would shut off but it would start again and we would just drive off again it's just weird because that stuck with me too I felt like the house and that experience were connected. My mother, years later, told me she heard someone speaking outside the bathroom in the middle of the night. Writing all this down is just giving me goosebumps. Anyways, just a story of a single experience. Thoughts? 
there's definitely some, especially, it's, of course, it has to be some involvement with the bathroom. Uh, but do you think with the golf ball, balls being placed on the floor, do you think that was poltergeist activity? or I think so. Okay, because I wasn't sure if, like, I mean, like, poltergeists are different than, like, spirits, right? Like, it's, or, like, that's, like, what I want to know. Like, a poltergeist completely different than a spirit moving something, or is it, like, the same thing? I think they're pretty similar. Okay. It's, it is a spirit that kind of, I mean, my, whenever I see poltergeist activity that, or stuff that is, you know, claimed as poltergeist activity, it's always a spirit kind of just being mischievous or messing around or causing trouble. Mm. So things like the car not stop stopping and starting and not working and the electricity in the car stopping and then the person outside of the bathroom and the golf balls clicking together in the middle of the night, all of that stuff points towards a poltergeist to me. If it was just the golf balls moving around or whatever, like that could be a glitch in the matrix, but the other stuff doesn't follow suit towards that. That's, I a thousand percent agree. Very well said. Um, so my next story. So for this episode, I thought I'd do something a little different. And the other day, um, Mike was at the 7-Eleven and he was at the checkout and saw there was the magazine section and saw these two, uh, magazines. This first one I'm going to be reading from is called Jersey Devils, Bizarre Beasts and Other Creatures of Weird New Jersey. And then the other one is just Weird New Jersey. Um, this is, uh, edition number 53. So, uh. Just thought I'd read from these, you know, do some all Jersey-based, yeah, some weird Jersey situations, because I feel like we haven't really talked too, too much about New Jersey phenomenon, so I thought we would start off with this titled, Skeptic Meets Sasquatch on Clinton Road, and for, uh, yeah, and for our OG boo things, you guys would be very familiar with Clinton Road, because it was one of the first episodes that we ever filmed, Mm -hmm. recorded, not filmed, recorded. And so I never heard of a Sasquatch being seen on Clinton Road, uh, which is near Lily and I. So uh, I thought I'd read that one first. Ooh, I like it. Okay, Okay. So this this starts. I would like to tell a few stories about a subject that has been all but beaten to death in West Milford, Clinton Road. (laughs) First of all, I'm a true addict of paranoia and being scared. So when I was about 10 years old and could go out on on my own, I started to obsessively camp out on Clinton Road. Unfortunately, the first impression I got, and the only one that held for 10 years, was that it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Years of midnight walks and hikes accomplished nothing more than getting honked at by passing cars and losing many dollars worth of quarters to the ghost of the boy Mm. under the bridge, who never brought my quarters (laughs) back. However, I did meet some nasty old hermits living in shacks in the woods who would like nothing more than to be left alone. These people would go to any lengths, including chasing you through the woods with a gunshot filled with rock salt and howling like an inhuman monster to keep you out of their woods. I did also turn up some interesting true stories. Old Clinton Castle, which is nothing more than rubble, is not inhabited by escaped lunatics or Satan-worshipping albino dwarfs. But my parents (laughs) and some... Which is something that commonly is told about Clinton Road, just saying. But my parents and some friends of theirs tell me stories about wild parties and a lot of nude sunbathing. Now that's scary enough. (laughs) (laughs) The pyramid is nothing more than an old smelting furnace, which happens to be a very interesting piece of New Jersey history and very well documented, just in case any of my fellow paranoia junkies care to do a little research. And the only reason the authorities will chase you out is 
not to hide a government conspiracy, but all because the land is owned by either Wawayanda State Park or Newark Watershed. It's easy to acquire a permit from the town to go hiking legally. You just put a sticker on your car. Okay, I'm done being a skeptic. I'm 20 and way beyond being scared of the boogeyman, but there was always one story of Clinton Mo Road that I kept in mind. My friend's father told me of one late night when he saw a human, a huge man-like creature with red matted fur all over its body walk a few yards in front of his car across the street and into the woods. The story was always told with such seriousness that I never had a, a reason to disbelieve it. I just brushed it off like every other story. So, the man's son, who's my friend, told me about how he was walking through the roads of Clinton Road late one night, and someone began to throw rocks in his general direction. He insists the rocks were much too big for a person to nor of normal strength to be throwing them from that far and fast. Soon after, he picked up a random piece of info about Bigfoot being very fond of throwing rocks at people who came too close to their territory. So, I think possibly there is something to it but not enough to scare me away from taking a late-night bike ride with the same friend down Clinton Road. I didn't have a light on my bike, we had no flashlight, and it was a moonless night. Needless to say, it was dark, and we were yes. being stupid. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> My friend was riding behind me, and he suddenly yelled, There is something big in the woods. Ride faster. I'm thinking, okay, bear, no problem. Suddenly, I hear a thudding noise and a rustling in the woods. Then, right next to me, I hear a steady sound like a smack, 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 like bare feet on the pavement. No, not bare feet, but bare, like naked feet, running very quickly just to the left and behind my bike. It kept up with me for a good quarter mile and then took off into the woods. Two fleshy feet. Not four, running with my bike in the highest gear down a hill. I still can't believe it. I still can't, be I still can't believe it, but I heard it. For all you Clinton Road adventurers, go there in the day to see the natural beauty. Go there at night and make up your stories. But remember, some things, human or otherwise, would just like to be left in peace to live their lives. Melissa. Ooh, that was a good one. Yeah, and I just think I first of all, I really we have done our research on Clinton Road, and I don't I don't remember our research talking about seeing a Sasquatch, Bigfoot. I don't remember any of that. I've never heard of there being a Sasquatch at Clinton Road. Yeah, and apparently there's a lot of in this specific um, this weird this weird New Jersey um, magazine. This specific one that he picked up, there's a lot of accounts of a big. Sasquatch encounter in East Hanover, Riverdale, um, where else? Uh, Somerset, uh, a lot in Sussex County, which is happens to be where my parents currently reside. So um, it's weird. It's really weird that this is occurring, and I've never heard of these experiences before. So yeah. it was interesting reading up on a couple of them, but that one caught my eye because of the Clinton Road. Clinton Road, yeah. So if you guys are oh, in New Jersey, that. definitely check out Clinton Road because, I mean, it's true. It's such a beautiful place to be, but during the day. And then at night, it, like, changes. It's weird. It is a very it's weird place. beautiful during the day, and then at night, it's spooky kooky Yeah, and if you want to hear um, Lily and I's experiences there on Clinton Road and our research on it, go to season one. Um, I don't remember the title of the episode, but you'll see it has something to do with Clinton Road in the title. It's one of yeah. the first, like, ten episodes. So, check it out. All right. My next is called, I Think My House is Haunted, Three Incidents. So preface, I was, I own a three-bedroom house. I live alone and I do not own any pets. Story one. A few years ago, during the time of the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, I was watching the games in my family room after dinner. 
The television is mounted on the wall next to a door that leads into a garage. Prior to this incident, I, I would lock the doorknob but leave the deadbolt unlocked since I'm home, after all, and would lock the deadbolt when I go to bed. During a track and field running event, the door suddenly flew open but stopped short of hitting the wall, as though the force had opened the door double backed onto itself. I jumped. I don't know what that means, so I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> what does that mean, double backed onto itself? Um, maybe, like, it tumbled or something? That's, okay. like, that's what I think of um, when I hear that, but. I'll Google it later. I'll figure it out. It could yeah. just be a okay. weird um, figure of anyways. speech. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Fuck the English language. Um, I, uh, I jumped up from the couch and peered into the garage from the door, calling out, is anyone there? Silence. I repeated myself, but was still met with silence. I closed the door, locked the doorknob, and sat back down on the couch. Suddenly, I was struck with the realization that the doorknob unlocked itself. I stood up again, locked the deadbolt, and continued watching the Olympics in peace. For the next three days, I locked both the doorknob and the deadbolt early in the evening before coming to the conclusion that I just imagined what took place, so I eased up on the extra security and locked just the doorknob. That very night, while watching a recap of the games in the family room, the door suddenly flew open again, hitting the wall. Even as I write this, the echo of the door impacting the wall still rings in my ear. I got up and called into my garage. Is anyone there? No answer. I asked, who are you? Still no answer. I closed the door and, just like a few days before, the doorknob was unlocked. I locked the doorknob and the deadbolt and continued watching the Olympic recap in nervous silence. After the second incident, I always made sure to lock the doorknob and deadbolt when I'm home. My door has not opened on its own ever since. Story two. Early summer 2019. I had just come home from work earlier than usual because the group exercise class I go to at my gym was canceled. For what it's worth, my instructor attended a family member's funeral somewhere in South America. As I made my way up the stairs to change, I heard what sounded like a buzzing sound, but could not pinpoint where it was coming from at first. I went to my bedroom and spare bedrooms, but it wasn't coming from there. When I went to my bathroom, the sound got louder. Of course it did. <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm very passionate about hauntings and bathrooms. I opened the cabinet beneath my bathroom sink, and one of the four toothbrushes in an unopened four-pack of Oral-B Pulsar toothbrushes was on. I could, not I could not even press through the packaging to turn off the toothbrush. I was forced to open the packaging to access the off button on the toothbrush. For, for the life of me, I just, just don't know how the toothbrush turned on by itself like that. Story three. I have a three-light floor lamp on the opposite side of my bedroom next to my desk and computer. I use this, this light only when I am working at my desk in the evening or during the weekend. I never turn this on in the morning since I get ready for work in the master bathroom and use the lighting in there instead. When I leave for work, I make sure all my lights are off. When I came home from the gym one evening last December, however, I was surprised to see that all three lights of my floor lamp have been turned on. Except for when I first bought the lamp and tested it some 10 years ago, I have never turned on all three lights at once. I looked, I looked through my whole house to see if anyone else was inside my house, but no one was there. A few nights later, it happened again. Same floor lamp and all three lights were on. Another search of my whole house yielded the same results. Nobody else was inside my house except for me. I resorted to unplugging the floor lamp and only plugging it in when I use it. I haven't come home to lights on ever since, and I hope it stays that way. The end. 
Ooh, I love I love these stories that have like a couple of encounters in them. Mm -hmm. And it just intrigues me so much to see like because they're such different stories. So what like do you think this is the same spirit or? You know, it's hard to tell. I mean, I can I I can imagine that it would be the same spirit. Just again, kind of just causing trouble, messing around, or maybe it's make a spirit known. that is you know from a long long time ago that doesn't know what these things are like it's never seen a three you know lighted lamp it's never seen an electric toothbrush it was like oh what's this oh what's what's this what's this that's literally that's such a good idea of like thinking that way. i didn't even think of it like that i just thought of it as just like wanting attention and because of the electricity and stuff like that it's like taking from any sort of energy source to make itself yeah. known um, but that makes a lot of sense that they're just like curious and that they're just intelligent spirits just trying to figure out what's going on around them. Yeah. That's really, oh, I like that one. Okay. So going with the weird creatures sort of theme of weird New Jersey that I'm reading. Um, you, Lily, was your great grandfather from Hoboken? Was that where he was from? Or he yeah. like, okay. So this one, this one will be dedicated to your great-grandpa, because this is the Monkey Men of New Jersey, the Hoboken Monkey Man, which I have never heard of, and maybe you could tell your parents about this. Have you heard of this? I've never heard of this okay. before. So I'll I'm going to ask my grandma, though, if she's ever heard of it. Do you see the picture? This is, like, what the supposed monkey man looks like. That's terrifying. Right? Okay. So I'm going to read you a couple of the experiences. Um, a majority of them are, like, Hoboken, Jersey City, and Bayonne. So I'm going to read you these, like, three little stories all as one. So first, okay. the Hoboken Monkey Man. Rumors have been circulating throughout the Hoboken school system during the month of October 1982 about a mysterious ape-like creature that came to be known as the Hoboken Monkey Man. This half-man, half-beast monkey man was accused of terrorizing schools, attacking children walking home, throwing students oh, out of windows, and even killing a teacher. The Hoboken Police Department, concerned by the disturbing rumors that lasted over two weeks, set up a task force to inform the students as to the true facts behind the scare. The Public Safety Council was called in to help quell the hysteria that pervaded throughout the community. There is no monkey man, no students or children missing, said one official from the Public Safety Council. We went looking for him. He wasn't even in the streets. How do you stop a rumor that's growing like wildfire? So... <laughs> This is my theory on that. So, apparently, like, a few people had experienced this monkey man in Hoboken. Um, yeah. I mean, this is such a taboo thing that if we're going to play, you know, both sides, I mean, yeah, you obviously don't want to believe that this thing is going around in, an, in a city because you think that it would be spotted because it's more densely populated. You don't think that these yeah. things would be around there. But what if, Absolutely. you know, what if the public safety council is trying not to create a hysteria within the community so they're just pretending that this thing isn't existing but really internally they're trying to figure out where this monkey man is so continu continuing the hoboken monkey man cleans up in jersey city is the title so uh evelyn writes in i have read the story on the hoboken monkey man which triggered a memory of mine this event happened when i was 10 years old i lived in jersey city and one summer i remember my mom being at work and my father was sleeping it was very quiet in the apartment and i was reading for some reason i started getting a little spooked i looked out the window at an apartment across the way i looked into the window and saw this man dressed in a janitor's uniform sweeping but the weird thing was was that he had a monkey's face with a human body i got so scared that i yelled and woke up my father Father, but when we checked to see if he was still there, he was gone. Could it have been the Hoboken Monkey Man or what? He's trying to blend in. <laughs> 
So then, the monkey man of Bayonne. So about, so uh, Mary A. writes in, about six years ago, my children and I moved to 9th Street in Bayonne. The end of the block drops off into the Newark Bay. According to the kids in the neighborhood, no one is allowed to go down the hill. After several weeks, my children came home with a story explaining why this is so. An abandoned road, which is gated off between a Catholic school and 8th Street, leads to an old PT boat factory at the bottom of the drop-off. A man lives there who is called the Monkey Man. According to my kids, he was abandoned by his parents and has made his home there since he was a child. It is said he can be found wandering the the trails along the Newark Bay. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Yeah, what's that? What the hell? I honestly have no yeah. idea. That was weird. I don't know what that I'm is. Scared. What the hell? Okay, the monkey man is telling me to stop fucking talking about him. But anyway, we're going to finish this. <laughs> monkey man said I heard you were talking shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's about to catch these hands. <laughs> The past summer, my kids said they saw him. He was wearing a ragged green shirt and, a long, and had long brown hair on his arms. My younger son saw him again on the abandoned road walking with a dog. He said he was wearing that same ragged green shirt. The road is gated and locked with chains and padlocks. So those are a few of the stories of the monkey man. Then there are some other accounts saying that the monkey man has passed away in 2000. Um, but... And he was apparently in an institution, and so there's no real information on, you know, how the monkey man came to be, um, whether he came from another universe or from another timeline or, you know, why he ended up in Jersey. I mean, if I'm going to be a humanoid creature, I don't want to be paying those taxes here, so. You don't want to be paying Hudson County taxes. Oh, hell no. But, uh, yeah, so that is the monkey man of New Jersey. Love it. Okay. My next story is called My Mother-in-Law Said Goodbye. About a year ago, my partner got a call from his mother's boyfriend at 3 p.m. that he hasn't seen her in three days and she wasn't letting him into the apartment. The phone call was suspicious and my partner drove over to her apartment. Hours passed and he hadn't updated me until 8 p.m. He called me to let me know that she had passed three days ago in the apartment. He wasn't home yet, and I went to lay down after crying. Oh, my partner has a leather gaming chair next to our bed. I heard that someone had sat in the chair, and the chair had moved a little bit. Then I smelled the perfume she would wear. A few minutes later, the smell had gone away, and my partner came to tell me the rest of the details. I never told him this because he doesn't believe in the paranormal like I do. Maybe she was looking, maybe she was saying goodbye, or maybe she was looking for him. I think that I always think, especially when it comes to smelling a certain perfume, that's a, sim- a symbol of, you know, a loved one being there to let you know that they're still looking over you. Yeah. That's so sweet. I love I love stories like that. It's just, it really is confirmation to us that, you know, our loved ones are always with us even when they pass. And, like, especially now, like, I love reading these stories. I mean, I know I'm reading creepy humanoid creatures and you're reading all the heartfelt <laughs> ghost stuff. But, like, it really does, it really is comforting to know that there's something after this because, you know, like, I think about it and, like, you know, I miss Pep and, like, you know, it puts into perspective, like, they're still here with us. We may not see them, but, like, their spirit's still amongst us. And it just really does give you faith and, like, give you that, that comfort. And I think that that's what we all need. And 
the fact that there are these a lot of these accounts and a lot of them add up with one another it's just validation that what we are experiencing isn't just our mind playing tricks it's just so much more to it so that's a nice story so um, the next story I have um, is titled the half human scream of the Essex Phantom so Lily I think you'll like where this is located maybe you won't like where this is located um, but, oh boy yeah so uh, listen County. in Robin Essex County Essex County. So, listen here. I have some insight that uh, I have some insight that the residents of Essex County might find disturbing. Yes, I have heard the half-human screams, as have my family and friends. I don't think a year has passed in which we have not all stopped to look at one another on some occasion and said, "Did you hear that?" A bone-chilling and mysterious wail and scream suddenly silences conversations, music, and even the TV. Many residents of the Cedar Grove and Verona area have made claiming oh, have made no. claim yeah, have made claim to hearing this inhuman wail. For about fifteen years now we have come to know this annual vocalization as the cry of the Essex Phantom. Straddling on the border, Ooh. yeah. So, straddling on the border of Cedar Grove in Upper Montclair is an area known as the Mills Reservation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the downslope has a number of open sewer pipes and empty out into the streams and flow back into the ground. These tunnels do make good passageways for half-human, half-whatever phantoms. Here there exists a being whose whereabouts are a mystery for ten months out of the year. This creature, it is said, was once a man, but for whatever reason was punished for, by some darker force. He was transformed into a four-legged being. His body resembles that of a large sewer rat while retaining, his own, while retaining his own head. During summer nights, the beast just walks around and screams in agony at its own existence. We had heard of one person who actually saw the phantom. He was a student who did not return to school in September. Rumor held that he had heard the screams echoing throughout the still woods. What he didn't know, however, was that the screams he had heard were closer than he thought. A sliding porch door led directly out to his backyard, which bordered a part of the mill's reservation. He must have just peered into the edge of the wooded darkness and come face to face with the horror that would take his sanity. He never returned to school again. And that was I've sent in by no Justin. No, you haven't. <laughs> no, you fucking haven't. Have you experienced anything weird? I never went in far. But I think I went once with some friends, or that, or no, did they go without me? Wait a minute, maybe I haven't been there. I think my friends went without me. I think I didn't want to go because they were going hiking. Well, maybe but it's no, a good it's thing. Like, like, like my high school friends, like, were all really into like we we would have like movie nights and stuff, and I was always down for that. But I was never down for hiking. And there's another reservation, um, near where I lived too that they would always go to that I never went to because I was always afraid <laughs> I was either gonna find a dead body or get kidnapped. <laughs> So I never went with them. And, but yeah, I remember there was a big outing to Mills once. Oh my God. Well, now you know why, because of the phantom screams. And it'd be interesting to find out where those two, what those two months out of the year are, if it's like the same two months. So yeah, the more, you know, the more you learn about your own county your own state your own towns whatever it's crazy i mean wow some of these paranormal things are closer to home than you can ever even imagine Ooh. i knew i had a bad feeling about that place i'm a psychic you know you know you're not dumb you've watched enough ghost adventures to know where to go and where not to go <laughs> okay um 
So this one is called My Quote Encounters. All right. My story started when I was about four or five. I lived in a pretty small house that my parents rented from my grandparents. At that age, I did get scared over stupid things as most kids do, but there were a few things that happened in that house that I'll never forget. I think at that age, I excused it for being my imagination, but only because my parents told me so. But I remember everything vividly, and I don't think it would be possible to have dreamt something like that, as well as the fact that some of the things that happened would happen every few days or so for about five years that I'm aware of. Now, I'm not making anything up here. I'm not doing anything for attention. And another side note, the things that happened weren't extreme. I think someone who lived in a haunted house would call these experiences a normal day-to-day thing. But for me, it's more than that, because one, I was a child at the time. Two, I only recently connected the dots. And three, I'm still young, so these things are shocking and confusing for me. I don't know what to believe. Anyways, I'll start talking about it. About three plus things happened to me at that house, two of which were visionary and one was auditory. This is the one that happened every few days for a few years. It was the sounds that I heard first. At the time, it wasn't too, I wasn't too freaked out because I thought it was normal. By wasn't too freaked out, I mean I was just as scared of the voices as I was of Darth Vader. (laughs) When I lay in my bed, I'd hear my dad. His room was at the other end of the house, BPW. He'd say my name. Sometimes he'd say goodnight. Sometimes it sounded like he was about to ask me a question. The first time I remember it happening, I remember looking around me. I couldn't see my dad anywhere. I looked down the side of the bed. Maybe he was hiding to scare me. Remember, I was only five at the time. I called him softly to see if he would answer, but there was nothing. I hid under my blankets as a scared child would if there was something in there i didn't want to see it and i called for my dad for about five minutes until he came in that was the first time it happened like i said before it had happened about every two to three days just recently i found out that some spirits mimic voices of loved ones and that would make and that would make would make wow i can't talk and that would make perfect sense to me i just don't know why i was the only one in the house who experienced it I only had three to four siblings and my two parents, so I didn't get why it would target me. It didn't happen. It didn't just happen when I was in bed, though. Sometimes when I was sitting on the couch playing with my Barbie, I'd hear my name. The voices were always very clear. They sounded very close, like it was right next to me or underneath my bed. We used to have family over, and we'd sit outside in camping chairs while they talked and had fun. A few times I heard my dad call my name there as well when he was inside. The next thing that happened was when I was seven. I was still hearing the voices around this time. Now I had a bunk bed and I'd hear the voices from the side. Sometimes I thought he was saying goodnight to my sister, so I'd look down to give him a hug and a kiss goodnight, but he wasn't there. Anyway, I was looking across my bed at the glow-in-the-dark star stickers I had in my wall and on the ceiling. I It was late and I couldn't go to sleep. Suddenly, a gray-white, smoky-looking thing came into my room from the doorway, up to the wall, and turned back again. I hid and screamed for my dad, like I usually did, and he excused it for being my imagination, like he always did. The last thing that happened at that house was about a year or two later. It happened twice. It was a black figure. I was looking out the window at the front of the house, and I saw a black figure walking up the driveway and then up to the door. My dad was with me at the time, but was on the computer. He didn't believe me when I told him what I saw. The second time I saw it at that house was when I was outside. It was about 7 to 8 p.m. and my family was there again. I looked across the yard and saw a figure standing next to the big pear tree we had. 
Now, I said I had three encounters, but there was actually one more. Well, about three, but there's one that I'm one, only one that I'm 100% sure about, so I'll only talk about that one. The first three were at my previous house. The next one was at the house I'm currently living in with my family, and it's literally two minutes away from the other one. About two years ago, I was talking with my older brother, younger sister, and my father. We were in front of, we were in the front room of the house and I don't know why but my eyes were drawn to a particular window. I felt something like I was being watched. I normally wouldn't want to look but if it, I didn't feel good about it, I couldn't look away. It was like my eyes were magnetized. I looked back at my father so he didn't think I, I wasn't listening. But then I looked out the window and then I saw it again. It was the same black figure I had seen 4 years ago. It was like a shadow. I gasped and shocked and fell to my knees. I was all shaky, and I told, told my dad what I saw. There was a black figure out there. They laughed. My dad said it was probably a person walking down the path, but there were two things about that. One, I saw the figure on the other side. By that, I mean there was a view on the front of the house and the side of the house. I saw the figure on the side of the house. So unless someone had broken in, which we would have heard, that wouldn't have made any sense. And two, it wasn't a person. I mean, it was the silhouette of a person, but it was different. It was dark outside, but not so dark I wouldn't have been able to see their face. The figure was pitch black, and it was really clear. I, even though I only saw it for about half a second, I remember every single detail about it. Not that there was much detail, just a black figure, but I remember the shape. I remember... I remember where it was standing, and I remember it was watching me. Even though it didn't have eyes, I could still feel the stare. It was the most evil stare I've ever felt. The end. <laughs> the end. That's it. Just a whole lifetime of fucking crazy shit that happened in your life. <laughs> well, I want to start off with just saying that the voices, I think, are just directly sent to her. Because especially, well, did they say how old she was? At the time? Uh, four or five. So, you know, obviously we go back to the theory of being younger, you know, experiencing things closer to the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this is maybe something that is attached to her because there's a specific message that they believe she can send. Maybe she has mm -hmm. some sort of sense, or at least at the time had this sensitivity, this ability to communicate and just wasn't aware of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what, like, what do you think about what do you think about the last encounter that she had? What is your take on that? I think that there is something that's connected to her for some reason. I don't know what the reason is. I think like maybe it latched on. I mean, you think I know they correlate that, um, the stories? It says that she wasn't the youngest because it said something about a younger sister. Uh huh. Um. So, but maybe at the time, you know, I. I don't I don't know why but I think that there's something that's attached itself to her and is sticking around and even, and maybe they were using um her dad's voice to try to get her attention mm. and do you think do you think that it's malicious from what you read or do you think that this is just something that just wants to make itself known I don't I mean it definitely wants to make itself known I don't know if there's anything past that Mm -hmm. um i it's it's hard to tell but i i you know we you can feel energy from just a stare and i think that um i i would be terrified yeah. if i was experiencing that if i had seen that and then four years later 
I see the same thing again for just a split second. Mm -hmm. And I would also be frustrated and be like, no, it's not my imagination because it's there because I can see it, you know? And it's like, like, it's not like you're just always thinking about it where, you know, you're always paranoid about it. It happened four years. That's the last thing on my mind. So the fact that it comes back like that, it throws you for a loop. You don't expect that mentally. Yeah, exactly. That's a really interesting story. So, um... I'm going to step out for a moment of the cryptids and humanoid stuff of New Jersey, and we're going to talk now more about ghosts and spirits of New Jersey. So this is titled, okay. um, this is from Tony Daniels of uh, Verona, New Jersey. I thought and... you were going to say Tony Danza for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that guy. Um, but this is titled The Creepy Curious Man of Verona. I am a retired school teacher, except for college, since, and since my retirement, I have lived in Jersey all of my life. We moved from Newark to Verona when I was small, and we lived next to Verona High School, but the high school wasn't there when we moved. Instead, there were the ruins of the Newark City home. Also, nearby was the Overbrook Hospital, which is a mental hospital, a tuberculosis hospital, the Essex County Jail, and the, fi- and the police firing range. These were all. I know exactly where all of these places are. Oh, so you're in. So listen up, because this is a really important story for you to keep your eyes out on. So, these are all essentially on the second Wachong Mountain, and the eerie Lackawanna commuter trains roared by all the time. In those days, they were still the woods across the street, and we spent a lot of time exploring some strange vestiges of earlier years located within. I was maybe ten or eleven, and my brother was seven or eight, when a spooky thing happened to us in those woods. Verona had just gotten a good snowstorm, maybe six or eight inches. It was at the very end when the big cotton ball flakes were falling ever so slowly and gently that we spotted a very strange figure walking down the path toward us. It was a man who looked like he was hunching, he was heading for an audition in a grade B vampire movie. He was very fragile. (laughs) Just picture this. He was very fragile, wizened, and incredibly pale. He was small, maybe five foot five, hunched over and walking very slowly. He He had on a... He had on a high silk hat, a black cape, a black morning suit, and I'm not making this up, a huge red medallion on his chest. He was he had a walking stick with a silver globe on one end and a silver tip on the other. When he was about 20 yards from us, we got off on opposite sides of the path and he passed within 12 feet of us. He never looked at us but silently slipped between us, headed toward Farview, Fairview Avenue, then disappearing from view. Not vanishing, just getting further and further into the falling snow. We didn't tell our parents, but occasionally talked about it between us. We figured he was either a ghost, although he appeared to be flesh and blood, or he was from Overbrook. Every once in a while, we ran into escapees, even in our yard. Skip ahead. Oh, wow. That's yeah. <laughs> Skip ahead five or six years, and I was now attending Verona High School at this point. It was around 10 in the evening, in the middle of winter, and at the end of a snowstorm with big cottony flakes falling. The dog needed to go out for his final night deposits, so not wanting to walk him in the snow, I just let him out onto the Fairview Ab door and stood under the awning so as to not get covered in snow. Our house sat on a rise, so looking north on Fairview, I could see about a quarter of a mile. The light from the streetlights formed what looked like an inverted cone shining down on the road. And there he was. I could see the same figure we saw a few years before. The hat, the cape flowing in the wind, and the walking stick heading north on Fairview Ave. I never saw him again, but there was a curious addendum. 
ahead, jump ahead 40 years. I'm living in Dalville, Dalville Beach, New Jersey. It's the middle of the winter at the tail end of a snowstorm about 9.30 in the evening. My wife and I are walking on Sunset App in Normandy Beach. I would bet that we walked that road 500 times but never saw the guy we saw that night. Not the Verona guy, but... He was dressed all in black, in clothes that may have been stylish in the 50s. The wind, as his, the wind was at his back, his long coat flowing around his ankles. My wife said to him, beautiful night, isn't it? He replied with a harsh, demonic scowl on his face. What's so beautiful about it? He was actually <laughs> visually frightening. I told my wife the Verona story when we got home. Then I called my brother to see if he remembered, and in fact he did. He replied, funny you should call me about that, because I was just thinking of it. Strange. I wonder if others have seen that ghost of Fairview Ave or Normandy Beach. Ooh, spooky kooky ooky in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. So I'm going to be posting a couple of these pictures just so you get an idea of what we're talking about. But, Lily, this is what he describes the guy to look like. That's terrifying. Yeah. Just a creepy-looking you know old saw, guy. You know what I used to see when I was a little kid around Verona was a Civil War reenactor. Just Wait, walking around. Was he actually, like, re- like alive? Yeah. No, he was alive. He oh. was real. Okay. He, he was a real person. He would just be, like, walking to the bus stop. I guess he would do Civil War. Or not, maybe not Civil War, but he was he was always in, like, some kind of period costume. And he would be, like, by this comic book store that we used to drive to with my brother. And it was, like, really... I mean, I can text my brother right now. Do you remember the Civil War reenactment? And he'd be like, yeah, absolutely. So I think I just don't think he'd answer you. <laughs> I think he wouldn't answer you like he did the other day with Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm still salty that he ignored me. I still, I still am. <laughs> just like, all right, I'm just going to ignore Lily's shenanigans of this podcast she's on. Oh, God. Yeah, that's probably exactly what he was thinking. He's probably like, I'm glad she has something to do with her time, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not humoring it. <laughs> I love that. But I, that's a, that's creepy though. I mean, I wonder if the guy actually had a job as a, like a war reenactment or if he just dressed like that just cause he like felt like he was a reincarnation or something. To this day, I wonder. And after hearing this story, anything's possible. I hope he's maybe, okay during this quarantine. Maybe he really was a ghost from the Civil War. Maybe I mean, he was, Lily. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 wait. Did the Civil War happen up here too? Like in our area? Like, would that have made sense? Uh, you know what? History was my favorite subject in high school, so that's really something I should know. Mm. I think there was a battlefield somewhere. Somewhere. Had to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just hope that guy's doing well. I hope he's okay. That's all I care about. I hope he's doing great. <laughs> so what's your uh, what's your last story, Lil? Right, 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 right. Okay. This one is called Someone Pulls on My Feet While I Sleep. Hi. Lately, weird things have been ha- have been happening in my house. Let me explain. My mother and brother have always worked in a nursing home and therefore i have spent many hours there since i was little i have always known the elders they had a great time with me some have been dying and and have come new except for one case there's a specific woman who had been there for years in fact at the beginning of the year she turned 100 i have pictures of that we celebrated with balloons and party hats it was really cute that woman used to joke that when she died she would come pull our feet while we slept the terrifying thing about this story comes when she died it turns a few weeks ago since then, at home, we have been feeling something that literally grabs our feet at night. It is not violent at all, but I am very afraid. 
Apart from saying that, she always said when she died, she would say the Lord's Prayer before they took her to the hospital or the funeral home. And my mother did it, but neither I nor my brother did it. I do that. I do not even know if it is her that does that because I experienced paranormal things before in my house. But I have tried to stop her in all the ways that you advise in the comments <laughs> because uh, of, po of this type of posts, um, but nothing works. Just wanted to share. Hope wherever she is, she. Hold on one second, Lily. You got muted for a second. I don't know why it muted. I did. You. Yeah, you got muted for the last sentence. Okay, I'll just recite it from memory. <laughs> so, like, wait, what happened? Like at the end, because I like it broke off that last little piece. Like I was getting so into it, and then it stopped. No. So the so um, where did we leave off? The Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Yeah, so um, basically they just said, uh, I hope that wherever she is, she's okay. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure we didn't miss anything crazy, like, at the end. And like, and then it was no, this. There was, okay. There was no plot twist. It was just the Lord's Prayer, um, and I've done everything I can, you know, to try to stop her, like you would suggest in the comments, but I hope wherever she is, she's okay. Okay, good, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm very curious to see if, like, that – the praying has helped and unless, like, it's going to come back even more aggressive or, like – I'd be – I mean, I would be spooked, but I'd also be like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Imagine, like, you bring a girl home from a bar and she's like, something touched my feet last night. And he's like, oh, babe, that's just the ghost from the nursing home. Don't worry, but it's just a foot fetish. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> just let him rock. Just let him rock. <laughs> so okay um okay lily your choice i have two titles here you choose what one i read either the tall white man in our house or my encounter with the jersey devil 2009 uh let's do my encounter with the jersey devil 2009 let's right. go out with a classic yes okay and also guys we did a specific episode i think it was our first episode um, mm -hmm. of Just Ghoulie Things, where we talk about the Jersey Devil in honor of our Jersey roots. So check that out if you haven't listened to us from the very beginning. Okay, so this is titled My Encounter with the Jersey Devil 2009. So this is, I mean, recent as of like 11 years ago, which is crazy. But anyway, yeah. um, it's been 23 years now, but I'm ready to expose myself and accept the jokes. I saw the Jersey Devil when I was 14 while hunting on my own for the very first time. It was about 8 to 10 feet tall with an even bigger wingspan. I was pumped, so I thought I, so I thought my mind was playing tricks on me. I went back to camp and didn't tell anybody what I saw earlier that day, fearing I'd be picked on until we went to sleep. It was about 2 a.m. and we were sleeping in tents, except for one guy in our group who fell asleep outside by the fire. From inside our tents, we heard what sounded like 1,000 women screaming. The guy, outside, uh, the guy outside ran into our tent, having seen what I saw the day before. He was white as a ghost and holding an axe as if ready to chop whatever tried to chase him into the tent. <laughs> The 20 guys at our camp, yeah, I, I think an axe isn't going to really do anything for like an 8 to 10 foot size devil, but okay, whatever, live your truth. Um, the 20 guys at our camp grabbed shotguns and everyone, including me, fired into the woods where we heard branches breaking. Then nothing. I believe it took flight. We fired over 100 shotgun rounds of buckshot. 
We inspected and tracked where we fired in the morning and found nothing. We did find branches on the pine trees, about 14 feet up, broken off clean. Not dead, still sticky and white. Although only the one guy saw it, we all heard the horrible screams. It wasn't an owl or any other wildlife that compared to the sound and volume of this thing. It, in fact, was the Jersey Devil. The guy was crying and just kept saying over and over, you should have seen its eyes. He claimed they were actually glowing red. I swear this all to be true on both of my daughter's lives. It looked like the scene from Predator, the movie when they all blindly open up on the jungle and branches are falling and shells are flying through the air and so much gun smoke being because it was freezing out. I'm shaking right now and my heart is pumping. It was something that I will never forget. The Jersey Devil is real. Is it something is in this world or ghostly? I hope to know one day. I know what I saw and there are 20 other guys who also know what happened that December night in the Pine Barrens. The sighting was south of Lacey Road but north of 532 in Watertown, in Watertown just a few miles west of the GSP, the Garden State Parkway. I never heard or witnessed anything like it in my life in the Pine Barrens, and I grew up there spending every free minute in the woods riding quads, hunting, shooting guns, etc. And I was there with some badass old timers who claimed they have seen the devil from afar. They were scared. All I can tell you is it is really tall because it broke branches 14 feet in the air when we surveyed the area come dawn. We believe it somehow flew away that night because there were no tracks. They just disappeared. I don't think it's a living creature, but one straight from hell. It explains how it disappears and doesn't get hit by one bullet from hundreds fired at it just out of sight. I have found prints out in the barrens, single sets of horse-like hooves unless there was a horse walking on two legs it was the devil (laughs) we would hear this creature every once in a while in the middle of the night let out screams and it was the most horrific sound that a person could imagine i never since that day go out in any woods unless i'm fully armed i don't expect anyone to believe me except the other men that were there at that hunting camp that night who all emptied their shotguns into the woods feeling around their pockets for more shells to reload and the poor guy who fell asleep outside by the fire held that axe very still with a death grip on on it he would not set it down i want to make sh- i want to share i wanted to share my honest to god i swear on my kids life true story it's out there mike from superior home and water treatment wow mm-hmm. yeah so that is my last story of weird new jersey encounters i definitely think that um in the coming weeks, you know, while we're still in quarantine, I'm probably going to read a couple more from these magazines because there were just some phenomenal stories that I didn't get to read. So um, stay tuned for that. Yeah, definitely. It's a good way to change it up, and I love representing our state. It's a, it's a crazy state, but I love it, and I love living here. So It's great. All right, Lily, ready to get on with the social media? Let's do it. All right, follow us on Instagram at just Goalie Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Goalie Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Goalie Things Podcast. Donate to group. our Patreon. <laughs> Just Goalie Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at just Goalie Things Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye.